Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Hackadaisical Liberal Cubalist. Why are you listening to this? <laughs> yeah, basically, that's the question I'm asking. You're a weirdo because you are listening to this, so I love you because I love weirdos. This is a show, technically, in which I discuss all the media I have consumed. Why? Because if I don't... It just sits in my mind and fills it up. But if I pour it forth, it makes room for more media. And uh, thus the cycle continues, is the theory that I'm working under. So, uh, what else should I say at the top? Uh, Well, one thing that I sometimes forget to say, but uh, I'm not going to forget to say now as I'm preambling mm, to say it, and that is... You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that as a possibility. I don't want to ruin things, spoil things, you might say. Sort of uh, spoiler warning, I suppose we'll call it. Eh? Without further ado, I will push a button. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Shenanigans. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, just have one movie, uh, which is unusual, or it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Uh, We're talking waiting. Wait a second, I just noticed, huh, I'm going to have to add this to my notes. Uh, I'll probably forget to do so. Oh, well, um, the title waiting on IMDb is waiting dot dot dot. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Young employees at Shenanigans Restaurant, wait a second, should be a sort of a, a... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it now. (sighs) Conflict of interest. Because that's what's sponsoring this. So, that's dicey. Uh, On the other hand, I don't care. Young employees at Shenanigans Restaurant collectively stave off boredom and adulthood with their antics. Uh, Their antics, some of which... So when did this come out? 2005. Some of their antics, I bet, I assume, I would have laughed at uh, uh, much more than I did uh, in 2021. Because times, they are changing. And uh, some of the shit in this movie uh, definitely uh, is of the time. The time being 2005, where you could uh, drop uh, uh, the uh, uh, F word and not fuck. Uh, more uh, more often than is, uh, well, you shouldn't at all. So just more often than at all. 
Uh, so yeah, that was definitely jarring and uh, not something that I recalled from a previous viewing. So if we uh, uh, ignore that, which should we? I don't know. I'm not a professional. Uh, uh, and just sort of focus this on a, a comedy movie that stars Ryan Reynolds, Anna Ferris, Justin Long, David Koechner, Louise Guzman, love him, uh, Chi McBride, awesome, Rob Benedict. Uh, what I like about Rob Benedict uh, is... <laughs> <laughs> this is sort of funny. Like I couldn't figure out where I recognized him from. Uh, and then when it struck me, I said, Oh my God. <laughs> and what I recognized him from is he played God in the television show supernatural. So the fact that I said, Oh my God for recognizing God made me laugh out loud as I hope it did you as well. Uh, we've got Dean cook, the greasy bastard, uh, you know, other people, some names mm-hmm uh and they're all working in a restaurant and get up to fucking crazy shit that i feel like uh, this is you know exaggerated for the purposes of comedy but i have uh, in my podcast listening over the years have heard people who uh, came up uh, working in you know a lot of actors on podcasts obviously and a lot of actors do uh, 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 you know, work in restaurants as they're sort of working their way into the biz so uh, i've heard a lot of crazy stories uh, scott ackerman in particular sort of i forget what restaurant it was i think it was a chain though Marie Callender's? I think it might have been Marie Callender's. Hmm. Uh, we're just like, you know, drinking all day, just like fucking partying, going crazy, which, uh, because that is a, a very, very stressful job, any job dealing with the public, uh, you know, kind of makes sense, kind of makes uh, a, a sort of logical sense. Okay, so rating-wise, uh, <clears throat> there is funny moments. Uh, I really did like... Uh, uh, Chi McBride? Or is it Chai McBride? I actually don't know. Uh, uh, just for the reason that I feel like if I worked in this restaurant, I just want to hang out with this guy all day. Uh, he's just sort of like a, a sort of zen, uh, uh, mentor-like, uh, psychologist, psychologist, therapist, all rolled into one. Just very wise, oozing wise. You know what? Uh, I think... You could you could almost say uh, his character's name is Bishop. Bishop in this movie may be one of just the wisest fictional characters in any form of media, which is a, a, a delight. I love wisdom. Uh, yeah, good good wisdom. Uh, rating wise, mm, you know I bet you. Okay, let, let me do a convoluted rating as I like to do. I bet you when I watched this in two thousand five, I probably would have given it a four or a five. Uh, now I'm gonna, uh, uh, for its problematic nature, maybe bump off uh, some some marks there. Okay, Ote. Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Magic Apples. Thank you for that sponsorship. Excuse me. Okay, I have an exciting television to talk about in this Television Talk segment. <laughs> Excuse me again. <clears throat> I just drank a, a big energy drink because it's uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, and uh, that's actually late for me. I was give you a little behind the scenes action as I like to do from time to time and also in preparation of a post uh, a, a sort of post episode 
600, I guess 599, where uh, I'll just talk about whatever I want to, as opposed to having these segments. Um, I've had this thing lately where um, getting to sleep, not having too much trouble. The odd time, you know, everyone does, and and I am no exception, but I usually have a pretty easy time getting to sleep. Uh, Thank you, uh, marijuana, for that. Um, But then I have this thing where I get up sometimes at like one, two, three, if I get up at one, I feel like, like I'll get up and it's usually cause I'm like hot because it's, you know, summertime. And even with air conditioning, it's still too hot for me. Um, and I'll get up and I'll sort of like, uh, run my, my, uh, my hands and my face under the cold tap and just cool off a bit. Uh, maybe I'll read for like 15, 20 minutes and, uh, go back to sleep. Now, as today happens and sometimes does, if it's like three, four, the odds of me getting back to sleep are virtually non-existent. So while it is from my perspective, seven o'clock and I'm sort of just up and about now, uh, technically I was up at three, tried to get back to sleep for an hour and change, could not. And then just like, uh, uh, as I will do sort of watch relaxing things like I'll watch maybe some Bob Ross or, uh, um, you know what, uh, I haven't spoken of it yet, but I have uh, been watching some long plays with no commentary of, uh, uh, just sort of relaxing video games. Uh, that's more of an internet intercourse segment. Um, but you know, just things to keep relaxed and resting in bed, despite the fact that I'm not actually sleeping, which I hope you know, makes up for the fact a little bit. Uh, also, a little bit worrisome today because uh, have someone coming over for the first time in a year and, you know, since pre-COVID, uh, one of my wife's friends coming over for dinner. Uh, so, you know, I, I got to be awake where <laughs> normally I would be probably asleep by the time they're, uh, they're here and whatever. So, yeah, that's enough behind the scenes rambling for some reason that I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I know why preparation for 599 so you have these sorts of ridiculous why would you listen to someone talk about this sort of thing to look forward to what else do we have to look forward to star trek the next generation fucking right uh had a really bad day the other day a series of bad days actually and uh, uh the missus agreed to watch uh, uh the first episode of star trek the next generation hopefully and I guess we haven't really explicitly discussed it. Uh, uh, this will mean continuing on and watching an episode here and there. And, you know, uh, we watched it on a Sunday. So I'm hoping maybe this can be uh, one of our sort of typical Sunday movie, uh, Sunday uh, chilling in bed sort of uh, shows, which is perfect because it it's that combination of, you know, just a good show, obviously, uh, with the nostalgia factor and just really sort of mellows me out, man. Yeah, comfort food, comfort food for the soul. Um, so we watched uh, the first episode, uh, Encounter at Farpoint, which was, I, I'm fairly confident that when it aired on television, it was a two-parter. Uh, however, on Netflix, uh, they jammed it into one uh, one long episode, so that was kind of cool. Um, one thing the, the missus immediately noticed, and as soon as she said it, I sort of picked up on it as well, is the characters in this first episode are, I don't want to say they're all jerks, but uh, there's a lot of kind of jerk moves, uh, particularly with the captain uh, who sort of famously 
I think both in character and, uh, uh, you know, from stories I've heard, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart fully admitting uh, he, he was sort of taking things a little too seriously. Uh, um, you know, everyone was sort of, uh, you know, having fun. They're on this uh, uh, Star Trek, very popular show, uh, rebooting it. And, and, you know, they're they're actors in this sort of strange sci-fi situation. So they're they're having some fun with it, whereas he did not. Uh, at least for the first season, I think, so the stories go. Uh, but then eventually he sort of uh, uh, mellowed a bit, perhaps with age, uh, as, you know, tend to happen. Um, but you can't see in this first episode, I don't know if it's just the character or the actor, <laughs> but uh, he's sort of very stiff and very... Uh, almost like a jerk. <laughs> like, obviously he's in charge, he's the captain, you gotta sort of lay down the law sometimes, but maybe his feeling, or the writer's feeling, or somebody's feeling was, this is mission number one, he's gotta sort of lay down the law, show him who's boss, and, you know, that sort of idea, that's possible. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the first episode of Star Trek The Next Junior, generation it uh, uh of course the main i guess adversary you would say is q who is uh a, among my favorite um star trek characters just sort of period full stop the other thing i liked about this was uh when i went to shoot where did i go i don't i i think it was toronto comic-con i'm pretty sure it was a toronto comic-con um, uh, it, one in which I, uh, convinced uh, the missus to come with me. She had the, uh, <laughs> the pleasure, uh, seemingly, uh, of meeting, uh, John Delancey who plays Q and, uh, they had a nice chat about power washing while I sort of just stood there and let her had her fun because I, uh, I, I know the fun of just having a little chat with a celebrity like that. So, uh, that was a delight. So the fact that he was in this first episode, I think, uh, 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 w w was fun uh, and made it so that I hope, fingers crossed, uh, we continue on with watching it. I mean, if she said no, I, I don't really want to, I would m watch it myself just for that comfort factor, but uh, I'm pretty sure I can convince her. Hey, I convinced her to watch uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager, so, you know, how hard could it be with the next generation? Um, Enterprise. Yeah, she seems pretty dead set against watching that. Um, I don't know if I want to talk about, talk about the story necessarily. Um, yeah, okay, uh, maybe a little bit. So Q is basically, uh, this omnipotent being who, uh, has sort of come across humans as they journey through space and have sort of reached the furthest they have ever gone. That kind of idea is how it feels. And, uh, headed into uncharted territory and uh, uh, this omnipotent being sees this and I, I guess doesn't think they're ready is that his his main motivation that combined with the fact that he likes you know sort of being a bit of a dick <laughs> uh, manipulating people uh, uh, you know sort of he's uh, got that puppeteer feeling uh, yeah, just well played. Even in this first episode, I feel like Q, uh, had his character down pretty good. Like he evolves a little bit over the years, but, uh, you, you could see it's really forming well in this first, uh, first episode. Just, just incredible. Um, <laughs> like there was times and I almost feel it happening now. Just my, my sort of love of it makes me like tear up a little bit. 
uh, just love Star Trek so much that uh, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 5. Hey, what the fuck? Star Trek, just the thing, gets a 10 out of 5. Folks, what is this next button? Oh. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is Mobile Snow Vehicles. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I did a bit of a uh, Steam Clean, uh, and if you're unfamiliar with a Steam Clean, I feel like I haven't done one in a little bit, uh, and I need to do a big one one of these days where it's like 10. Uh, what it is, is... How <laughs> dread it is, is... What it is, is... Uh, I have a shit ton of Steam games, uh, a lot of which I have not played. This is not a unique situation. This is sort of famously people get in this where they just buy them and never play them. So, you know, I'm, I'm not alone in this. Uh, and, and periodically I will go through and, uh, you know, pick a bunch, uh, download them, install them, play them, talk about them. Hey, Game Gabin, that's what it's all about. So, uh, Game the First... From 2021. Oh, yeah. Uh, free to play. In fact, two of these are free to play, I do believe. Uh, it's called Arid. Mm. Uh, discover the mysteries of Atacama. Explore the abandoned, abandoned mine. Oh, God. Explore the abandoned mining networks. Evade the scorching sun and survive the environment in one of the most arid places in the world. Arid is a free survival game made by students from Brita University. Uh, yeah, two of these games, the first two, are uh, student-made games in that sort of uh, a situation where... Um, I don't know if it was a game jam kind of situation. Uh, game jams are, are, are cool, or maybe this was more like a semester thing. Game jams are these things where... Uh, People get together, you know, game makers, developers, whatever you want to call them, um, for like a like a short period, maybe a maybe a day, maybe a weekend, uh, and in the course of that, they build a game. Uh, I don't know if that's what these fall into that category necessarily. I feel like the polish and depth uh, of these games sort of lead me to believe that mm, it was definitely more time because despite the back the fact that these uh, uh this game and the next one are free uh, a lot of depth to them so this is very reminiscent of well not very reminiscent it's slightly reminiscent of rust or Jeez, you know, any game like that where you're in a situation you have to survive by gathering resources, uh, you know, you need food, you need water, oh, water, yeah, you definitely need water. Uh, this has the added element of if you're in the sun too long, it starts to eventually sort of take off your health. Uh, you can put, uh, find like wild aloe and uh, put that on you and, and put mud on yourself to sort of uh, uh, lessen those effects for a time. Uh, a lot of caves and uh, mines, as it mentioned. Uh, uh, so you have to be aware of light sources as well. So you have, you know, your torch, you have oil. So a lot of little uh, sort of fiddly things you have to be uh, uh, be be cognizant of uh, as you work your way through this. Uh, Rating-wise, geez, I think I go like a solid three and change. Some fun four moments. 
Um, I didn't finish it, I will say, uh, which quite often happens in the case of a Steam clean. Uh, this is me sort of seeing if these games are going to be ones that I want to invest great amounts of time in, um, and, and, and it didn't pull me into that degree. Um, maybe it was the... <sighs> you know what, I just sort of come up with this idea, and I have no idea if this is accurate. Uh, if you listen to my talk uh, sometime back of Sopranos, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to make this make sense, I swear to God. Uh, and how the missus and I were watching that, and it just sort of faded away, and we just we, we just didn't watch it anymore without even talking about it. It just kind of it didn't happen. Uh, for the reason that, my theory was, um, it's very intense. And during these uh, very intense times, you need things to sort of just mellow out to, like start the aforementioned Star Trek, for example. So it just didn't sort of suit the time to watch it. So maybe my theory is the intensity of having to watch, you know, your hunger, your thirst, your, uh, <laughs> your being in the sun too long, uh, you know, other dangers uh was just uh you know stressing me out to the degree where it didn't pull me in enough to want to continue through that uh, th that stress yeah that's a theory i have uh okay <laughs> you know strangely and this is unplanned uh the second free uh, to play game is called till nord uh, so we're going from the extreme heat to the extreme cold. Um, but uh, this one was much more uh, sort of fun and light. Uh, discover a sublime open world on your snowmobile. Drive among the frozen environment of Snowfall Oyer. And there's some, you know, what do they call it when there's a slash through the O? It's not an umlaut, I don't think. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Uh, to discover beautiful vistas, time trials, and quests that permanently change the world in Till Nord, a free snowmobile driving game for PC. Uh, and this one, I think I even put it on my notes. Yeah, this was also a student project uh, made in the Unreal Engine, also free. Fascinating. Uh, yeah. It is beautiful. They are right, which is another reason sort of leads me to believe that um, it wasn't a game jam situation. There was some uh, time and effort put into it over time. Um, riding on a snowmobile, fun as hell. They got the physics. <laughs> I was going to say they got the physics down. They have physics. Sometimes it gets a little wonky uh, as you're sort of careening down a hill and bouncing off shit. Uh, you can sort of uh, run into things hard enough to, you know, quote unquote, kill yourself. But the res respawns are, are, are never onerous. Uh, and the whole game, actually, just sort of on that note, despite the fact that you're zooming around and you're doing time trials and stuff like that, uh, it never felt very stressful because, um, uh, well, I actually don't know why. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it might have something to do with the fact that I'm in Canada. I love the cold. Uh, uh, I have been on a snowmobile. I've never owned a snowmobile. And you know what? I've never driven a snowmobile. But I'm sort of more uh, city inclined uh, as opposed to, you know, out in the country. Despite the fact that I live uh, in one of a... Very, I, guess, I was going to say the smallest town in Ontario. That's obviously not true. But... Uh, 
if you took all the towns in Ontario and divided them into how large they are in terms of population, I would be in the very, very low percent. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Uh, Till Nord, it wasn't overly long, which is fine, because it's also a game where I feel like you could just sort of tool around for a little bit. Uh, Rating-wise, I think I'd go like a solid four. Yeah, uh, and when you, if you do factor in, which, sure, I do, because... I'm not a professional, so I'll factor it in. The fact that it was free, there's, there's no reason, there's literally no reason not to pick this game up. Till Nord on Steam. Moving on to a not free-to-play game, uh, one that came out, in, when did this come out? 2018? Get out of here. I would have bet longer ago than that. Was it 2018 on Steam, maybe? You know what? Let me... Google it while I say the name of the game. Uh, Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive is interesting in that uh, I think it falls into the category of uh, uh, games, whenever you see a list of underrated games, um, uh, it always seems to be uh, on the list. Sunset Overdrive. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Came out in 2014. <laughs> Excuse me, on Xbox. <clears throat> which is why I never played it, because I never owned an Xbox. Uh, Xbox One, sorry. Uh, I, of course, played it on Steam. Uh, let me read the uh, Sunset Overdrive transforms an open-world apocalypse into your tactical playground. Zip, grind, and wall run across Sunset City with an uncon with an unconventional arsenal. Hyper-agility, unique weapons, and customizable abilities deliver an explosive and irreverent adventure in the end times. The end times. Yeah, that's uh, accurate. <laughs> that's an accurate description of the game. Uh, it's fun. Um, it's bright. Uh, it, when you think post-apocalypse or zombie apocalypse, uh, quite often you'll think sort of dark, bloody. But this is like uh, very bright, very sort of arcadey. Uh, yeah, arcadey is probably could be underlined when it comes to Sunset Overdrive. You're, you're bipping and bopping around. You got crazy guns. Um you, you know, doing missions, got a sort of, in terms of that, GTA, maybe a little uh, Arkham City vibe where there's you'll sort of find things on the map and then interact and then you'll get a mission and things like that. Uh, it did get a little old and maybe it was just a pace. I don't know if it was a pacing because it is pretty fast paced. I, I think it's a fact that you start doing similar missions over and over again. It, it, that's, that's the same with a lot of these uh, games. Like, not many open-world games have mission structures that are uh, always different, which, you know, makes sense, because to come up with different structured missions for every single mission, that's an, a, a sort of an insane task. So, you know, you're going to get your fetch quest, you're going to go get your go-here-kill-this quest, that sort of thing. Uh, that said, I did have fun. Didn't beat this either, uh, to be honest. And uh, I, I still have it installed. It's still... I, I feel like I might pick it up again. Yeah, like I might I might hop back in. I, I, I'm, I'm debating, I'm debating. Now, famously, 
I mean, famously for anyone who has listened to this podcast enough, you weirdo, I mentioned, uh, when I say that I feel like I'll go back in of a game that I sort of moved on from, famously, I almost never do. <laughs> so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, oh yeah, I uh, wanted to do one last little talk, and this is not a game I have played. This is a game I'm debating playing and wanted to uh, sort of discuss, just to sort of get it out of my head and, uh, you know, work it out a bit. So Skyward Sword just came out for the Switch. This is, I think, the only uh, sort of mainline, I believe it's called, that's the sort of term used, mainline Zelda game that I didn't play. Uh, I didn't own a, oh shit, what, what did it come out for? I can't even remember. Was it the Wii? Did it come out for the Wii? Yeah, uh, it, did I, I did own a Wii though, didn't I? Yeah, I had the bowling one. I wonder why I never played it. Oh, no, no. What, what was what was the one that it came out for? Uh, anyways, whatever system it came out for, I didn't have. So this was like the only Zelda game I never played, which is, you know, reason number one, I should get it. However, the review, the, this is sort of, again, maybe I'll say famously the Zelda game that uh, fans of Zelda usually put at the bottom of their list, uh, which is, you know, even a bad Zelda game probably could be pretty good. Um, but then there, I, I've heard talks of pacing issues where, uh, particularly to start the game, it's very, very slow. Uh, it sounds like they've fixed some things like that, uh, like being able to skip dialogue or, uh, whatever the, I forget what the character's name that's in your sword, uh, uh less annoying. They made, <laughs> they made it less annoying. Sounds like it's still a little annoying, but less annoying. Uh, uh, reviews, uh, I've seen go both ways for this Switch edition. Um, yeah, really going back and forth. Plus the fact that, uh, uh Switch games are pretty expensive and, uh, being used to Steam now, uh, and, and waiting for games to go on sale, that just kind of doesn't happen when it comes to, uh, Switch games, particular ones like Zelda. Um, so, you know. Uh, I'm going to have to pay full price for this, and if I end up not liking it, there's that sort of, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> uh, what a waste of money. But yeah, I feel like in the end, I probably will at some point yeah, bite the bullet and buy it. I don't know. What do you think? What should I do? Uh, you listening to this. Yes, you. You can uh, uh, let me know, uh, uh, contact info provided in the closing credits, no less. Folks, that is a little something I call audience participation. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Nanotechni. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, uh, item the first, we have Krug Smash, who, uh, uh, who I've brought back many times, spoken of very highly uh, with regards to his uh, playing of the Vigia game Dwarf Fortress and how he turns those plays into stories, movies, 
stories, yeah. He turns them into uh, sort of uh, beautiful stories. Uh, this this randomly generated, uh, uh, virtually uh, um, graphic, non-existent osity mm, uh, game <laughs> into something really, really cool. Uh, recently, he... Uh, did a, a a series of sessions in uh, using a mod uh, that he called them Red Vault. That was the name of the uh, uh, the Martian uh, fortress that he built. Uh, this is a mod by someone by the name of the Mod Smith. Uh, it's called the Long Night Mod. And uh, should you wish to check out their stuff, they have a Patreon. Uh, and I'm bringing all of this up because uh, the incredible amount of uh, work and just sort of detail and, and beauty and interest and lore. Oh, God, the lore. <laughs> uh, it, it's come up fairly often, I, I feel like, uh, my love of lore. And uh, uh, my desire, like, I feel like I want to get in touch with this, uh, the Modsmith guy and just fucking come up with lore. Uh, I would not be able to implement it into the game as he is. But uh, uh, I feel like I could come up with this shit. Um, it's probably from writing uh, uh, three now. Yeah, uh, three plus, you know, side stuff. Uh, a separate uh, level one to 20 D&D uh, uh, &D campaigns. Uh, I have sort of lore coming out the yin-yang. Uh, and uh, would love to, uh, you know, get in there and uh, get people to uh, uh play it like this guy does so you know that's very fun um it's more sci-fi uh definitely than uh, uh the traditional dwarf fortress ones uh, uh krug smash has done in the past which is interesting to take a game that was purposely made uh, with sort of fantasy elements in mind and then mod it to the point where all those elements are sort of uh, twisted and transformed and uh, uh, made even stranger somehow <laughs> using a, a science fiction and a sort of apocalyptic uh, and just all sorts of interesting uh, um, baddies and uh, goodies. And uh, uh, normally, whereas he is playing uh, as dwarfs, he's playing as Martians. Uh, and they're trying to sort of uh, get a colony built and going, which uh, he, f he was fairly successful, other than a few uh, uh, giant beasts that came in and uh, he had to fight. Ah, just just really good stuff, good story, uh, uh, beautiful artwork, and uh, recommend Krug Smash, Red Vault, The Long Night Mod by The Modsmith. Those are words. Moving on to G4 live streams. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, seem to be getting more and more of these as they it's almost like they're gearing up and just sort of figuring things out a little bit because uh, live streams are uh, you know notoriously hard uh, from a tech perspective uh, in particular to uh, uh, perfect if such a thing can even be done but uh, uh, having a lot of fun watching them uh, watching them figure things out uh, a lot of it is giving me very strong uh, uh, AOTS uh, you know attack of the show vibes uh, this particularly with uh, Kevin Pereira and uh, uh, Adam Sessler in there 
uh, you know, you get Kasim G, which is a, a perfect mix. Something that I, I think they've done well uh, and smart is they've got a good mix of young people and old people. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, it, a plus Kasim. I, I feel like if you didn't have Kasim to, like, roughen up the edges a little bit, he makes it, you know, like a, like, like a solid 40 per 7. 40 per 7? Yeah, 47% better, let's say. Uh, <laughs> uh, Avali May, yeah, I, I, she's amazing. Uh, funny as well, like, uh, her and Kevin, uh, doing, uh, sort of interacting on camera, uh, gave me very, uh, uh, Kevin and, uh, Olivia Munn. Oh, yeah, Avali, Olivia Munn, Avali May, Olivia Munn. That's interesting. Uh, uh, vibes just in terms of their interaction and the fact that seemingly she's a little crazy, which uh, is a goddamn delight. Uh, and uh, funny and quick as well. One funny thing about her, though, uh, is like I, I googled uh, her name because I wasn't sure how to spell it for my notes here. Um, and then the first thing that popped up was uh, Ovali uh, May Age. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. Uh, I just assumed she was like, you know, like 20. Hell, she could have been 19. And if you told me that, I would have believed it. And then when I uh, clicked on Ovali May Age, it said she's 33. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's only only seven years younger than me. Uh, so that sort of explains the fact, I feel like, that she's so uh, 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 quick quick on her feet. Uh, she's got some of that, uh, that aforementioned uh, wisdom age. Uh, so, so that's fun. Um... Moving on to final thing. Oh, yeah, let's br really bring it down for this last one. But I felt it was something I wanted to talk a little bit about because it, uh, it's sad, but it's also, as the world, you know, changes a little bit, uh, hopefully, these sorts of things brought to the light are a, a good thing in the end. Uh, I watched, uh, first of all, I heard of uh, the Blizzard lawsuit in which uh, they're being sued for what apparently sounds like a sort of uh, a frat boy uh, like in internal structure where women were treated just like fucking horrible uh, and disgusting. Uh, so I heard of that uh, and, you know, just sort of knew the tentative bits of it. Uh, but then I watched uh, uh, Lana Pierce, who I've uh, also spoken of very highly on this podcast uh, from time to time, uh, her talking about it. Uh, you know, I don't have, uh, I don't often speak of a serious stuff, but I just wanted to paraphrase something that uh, she said just to really hit the nail on the, uh, on the head with this. She said, uh, and again, paraphrasing, not shocked by the lawsuit, shocked that people did not know this sort of thing happens all the time, which the older I get, the more and more I realize, uh, that women sort of in general, have these sorts of things where men treat them like shit, basically. You know, if you want to just boil it down, that's what it is. Through, you know, uh, Elena said she's had men straight up just grab her. Uh, uh, she's gone to HR, uh, and not only have they not done anything, they've sort of put an email out uh, not uh, anonymous, anonymously at all. And just said, Atlanta feels uncomfortable. She was basically pushed out of a company because of this. Uh, it, the more you find out that almost all women have had some sort of sexual assault, uh, just period full stop against them. Like, 
you might think, oh, you know, sure, yes, it happens, but it doesn't it's not like all women happen. Yeah, like every single woman has had something like this happen to them, and uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's just like I feel like I'm very naive, but the older I get, that is being peeled away a little bit, and you sort of it's thanks to people like Alana who will talk about it. Um, one thing she spoke of, which I like and hope I would do if I was in this situation, is the fact that if you want to be an ally, you know, man or woman or whatever, um, if you see this sort of thing happening, say something. Uh, you know, step in. Say stop. Don't just watch it happen. Um, I've never been in a situation uh, that I can think of anyways. Maybe I haven't, just haven't realized it because you know I, I haven't as i say peeled away that uh, uh naivete um <laughs> but uh, uh like would i do something i feel like i would I, I feel like the older i get the more likely i would becoming more and more radicalized as i age uh and, and i feel like that also includes seeing shit like this and saying no don't fuck you uh at least I hope it does. That being said, I haven't, you know, left the house barely in a year and a half. So the only one getting sexually harassed that I see is my wife by me. That's a joke. That's a joke. Folks, if you see this sort of shit out there in the real world, say something, do something. Don't just let it happen is the takeaway I have for you now. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper